your great let you be praised great let you be praised father you want to sing it one more time great your great let you be praised your great let you be praised father you reign Church mainland. No, no, but no other place to be like here. No other place. This is good place. This is home. Come on, say this is home. There's a lot that I want to show this morning. I, I'm hoping that I have ample time to not just rush it, but to have a time of the word. You're gonna be complaining. Close, close, close. Not today. Are you sure? Glory to God. All right. So um, we started doing the series titled The Culprit. And um, someone said to me, it's the culprit. It's not culprit, it's culprit. <laughs> it's not culprit. If you're not, if you're depressing, just forgive me. I was just joking. <laughs> it's not culprit, it's culprit. Okay, it's the culprit. So and when we said that, the culprit is the person who is responsible for what? A crime or an offense. So it's English, it's not Greek. Is culprits, the person who is responsible for a crime or an offense. In other words, like I keep saying, if your phone gets missing, not in this service, <laughs> somewhere else. You went to the bank and you, you couldn't find the phone for some reason. You know, um, um, T sticks. You want to stay close to that drum? It'd be good for you. Um, so, just hang around. And I didn't say you should suffocate inside. Just stay around here. Yeah, I know how it feels inside, but just stay around. So. Um, you're looking for a phone and it's missing. The person who picked up the phone, not the person who kept it to give it to you, the person who took it to sell it, you know, the person who took the phone is the culprit. That's the person we are looking for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're looking for your bag or your shoe or something. It's missing and you can't find it. Whoever stole it is the culprit. You know who took the meat from the cooking pot? Number one. Yeah. <laughs> is it me? Couldn't be. <laughs> yeah. So the thief stole the meat from the cooking pot. So we're, we're looking for the thief, not you. 
you see. But I also said to you the last time that when um, the corporate is not known, everyone becomes a suspect, even God. So people are blaming God for what God didn't do because they don't know who did it. And we blame God because we think because God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sovereign, he's responsible for everything that goes wrong. What you can't explain is not God. God can be explained. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is not mysterious. He's known. What you can't explain isn't God. God can be explained. Say, I don't understand God. Mm -mm. This the way this God is doing. God is not schizophrenic. God is not bipolar. He woke up on the wrong side today. And you are finished. You know that bipolar behavior. Uh -huh. Somebody that went to bed smiling, woke up angry. Did you fight in your dream? That's, that's a bipolar behavior. And that's not how God is. Some of you think that God was good, was bad in the Old Testament. And then you enter, he became a very good God. God did not receive the message of grace. He is grace himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They didn't preach to God. He now changed. See, you don't need key sins. You guys repent. You go just call uh, Michael. Say, Michael, don't, we don't do, we don't try. We have spilled blood. See our hands. Do blood on your hands. See all the people who don't keep the Old Testament, don't do. Let's repent. Let's start saving people. <laughs> that couldn't be God. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today and forever. So if God is not consistent, you should be afraid. A relationship with an inconsistent God is a terrible relationship. It puts you at a risk of anything. Because you're not sure that God can save you or keep you. And I told you last Sunday. I told you last Sunday. What did you just turn on? Turn it off, please. I told you last Sunday that the, the God... Turn it off. It's, 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 it's getting to the mic. You need it. It's getting into the mic, so it's, it's affecting my ears. Not that one. There was one that was off before. Uh -huh, turn it off. It's better now. Oh, this one. Okay, you can put on the other ones so that I can hear clearly. Are we good? Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> we are moving to a new hall. Apologize for the heat and all the. You're move, we have moved, we're moved, and I'm serious. We're moving, we're moving. So, in a in a very short time, we won't be here anymore. We won't be here anymore. Yes, indeed, it won't be long. We're we have maxed out this place a long time ago, and we need to leave here. So, what we're saying that you also should be giving for us that project. So, we're moving, and it's gonna. It's not gonna be here. It's not where two or three are gathered. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But let's run. So, real quickly. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. So you can't you can't be in a relationship with a God that is not consistent. He has to be. His nature has to be one that you know how he will behave at every given point in time. It puts you in safety. Do you see that? You can't be with someone who is up and down. Because what happens is oftentimes how the are will affect how you are. You know that certain, certain emotions are contagious. 
if somebody walks into this room and they are frowning, it's, it's only a matter of time before they start jumping. Why? Because there's something in the room that will make you jump. So such emotions are contagious. And so if you're with a God who is inconsistent, he will pass on his inconsistencies to you. And so you also become inconsistent in your actions and it begins to create problems in your life. God is consistent. God can be known. God can be predicted. That's, that's hard to say, but that's the truth. God can be predicted on the premise of his nature. Do you see what I'm saying now? We know that God, we, God cannot kill because we know his nature. So on the premise of his nature, we can tell what God can do and what God can't do. So when it comes to the subject of God's nature, what God cannot do exists. When it comes to the subject of his nature, what God cannot do exists. Number one, he can't kill. Number two, he can't lie. Are you seeing now? He can't do what again? He can't do evil. He can't steal. He can't kill. What God cannot do exists within the confines of his nature. So his nature is his boundary. Hey. The nature of God is the boundary of God. So God can't step God can't step out of his nature to act. That's what you call out of character. Mm. So when you see God doing something that is not nature, it's out of character. You're acting out of character. So God, the actions of God is within the script of his nature. So the nature of God is the script that he's playing. Are you following what I'm saying? Mm. So that nature is what determines how God acts, not God determining how he should act. So God, God's nature is the confines of God is the limit of God. So you can tell how your father can behave because you know his nature. Do you see what I'm saying now? So the nature of God is the boundary of God. That's so powerful. The nature of God is the boundary of God. God can't act outside of his nature. I'm taking my time to explain so that you don't say, say what I didn't say. You know when I'm talking sometimes, you're hearing what I'm not saying. You're hearing what you want to hear. You say, did you say, did you now say, mm -mm, mm -mm. I did not now say, the Bible said, <laughs> Glory to God. Good. So God can never act out of character. The script that he's following is the nature that he has. Do you see what I'm saying? And in that nature, there's no death. There's only life. Glory to God. So you bear with me this morning. I just want to share a few things with you. So we started saying that the first thing first is um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Um, let's do it in NKJV. Let's do it in NKJV. Look at this. God, who at sundry times... Well, I'm reading K KJV now. <laughs> God, who at various times, the, the KJV says sundry times, or different times, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. So God spoke to the fathers by who? The prophets. Okay, good. Through whom also he made the world. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Has in these last days, does what? Spoken to us by who? His son. So in the past, in previous times, God spoke to the fathers by who? The prophets. Now in this time, who is he speaking by? Is that clear enough? So before this time, he spoke to the fathers through who? The prophets. Now he has stopped speaking through the prophets. It doesn't mean you won't get a prophetic word. 
I do, hear what I'm saying. Move this thing first. God isn't speaking to us. In other words, God is not giving the revelation of himself through prophets. He's now revealing himself through the Son. Like I said in first service, if you walked into a company where they had five staff members, and then the son of the owner of the company was also working there as a supervisor, you met the first staff, and the person said to you, my old guy is a very bad man. Truthfully, there are some wicked bosses. Do I have a living witness? Yeah. Why are you shouting? They will soon sack you. No. no. <laughs> Glory to God. They will sack you in Jesus' name. Say amen now. You cannot be sacked. <laughs> Shall <I> be everywhere. <laughs> All right, so, so he, this person now says, my old guy is a very bad man. He's very wicked. And that's, that's a revelation of the man, but it's a partial revelation. Because that revelation is limited based on his experience with the boss. Do you follow what I'm saying? Now you go to the next person who is also a worker there. The person say, ah, the guy is good, but sometimes he can be very harsh. You have two information right now, but it's not complete. Are you following what I'm saying? You went to this person, they said their own. Then you now met the son of the man. The son now said, my father is a good guy. He, he doesn't do bad things. He's a very nice person. You need to meet him yourself and you, you testify. Now, who would you believe? The workers or the son? That's your problem. That's your problem. Hon that's your honesty, but that's your problem. Honestly problem. That's it. You, you get where I'm going to now? Because listen to me. Listen to me. When you come to a work environment, there's a rule of work. When people experience now, you can have a bad boss, no, no doubt. You see, a, a bad boss at the office can be a good father at home. It may not be all the time. But listen, a bad boss at, at the office is a good father at home to his children. So you are explaining the boss from the work relationship. Not a father relationship. You don't have a work, son, a servant relationship with God. You have a father relationship. So whilst the boss could probably be harsh on the servants, on the workers, the father is not harsh on his son. What the servants would do at work and, and get some lash, the son would do and get scot free. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you don't take the explanation of God from servants. You listen to son. So God stopped speaking through the prophets who were servants and started speaking to us through the son. So that our identity will not be based on what, son, or what servants say, but what sons say. Are you following what I'm saying? If you get the picture of God from his servants, you start acting like one. Because now the servants are scared to come to the man. Are you following what I'm saying? The servants can approach him, but the son can approach him. The same person, but different revelations. So it is how you know God that determines how you come to him. It's powerful. How you know God, how you see God will determine how you come to him. If you think he's a consuming fire, it's about to consume you. If you think he's a loving father, then you will show up before him expecting love. You see now, 
why do you have two kids in the same house and one is running from daddy, one is running to daddy? It's perspective. God is not against you. He is for you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So don't take the picture of Elijah as the picture of God. That's not who God is. He's not the God that answered by fire. I'm coming there. He Lord that answered by fire. Let him be my God. No, it's not your God. Glory to God. Your God is the God of our Father and Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. That's your God. Not the one that answered by fire. God is not Shongo. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not Shongo. He's not fireman. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. So you must take your revelation of God from the Son. So he's speaking now through the Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the world. Give me the message translation. Let's see what he says. I need to. God. You guys are going to be here for a long time today. Now, go through a long... <laughs> Going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in, di <laughs> in different ways for centuries. Now, recently, he spoke to us directly through his son, by his son. God created the world in the beginning, and it will all belong to the son at the end. Now, the son is perfectly... The son perfectly mirrors God. So when you see the son, you've seen the father. Do you see that now? So the expressed image of God is the son. And like I told you, if God was on your WhatsApp contact list, his DP will be Jesus. Do you see that now? So Jesus is the perfect expression, the perfect picture of the father. So what you can find in Jesus, you can find in God. Do you follow? Did Jesus kill anybody? The Bible says he went about doing good and healing all that we were oppressed and casting out demons for God was with him. So how can God be with him and God is killing but he's saving? Are you following what I'm saying? So the nature of God is seen in the actions of Jesus. Do you follow what I'm saying? Good. Now give me in the TPT before I do what I want to do today. TPT first. I gave you TPT, right? Look at this. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. Now, the revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time. So what they had was not wholesome. It was not complete. It was not well-rounded. It was just a figment of, it was just a fragment. It wasn't complete. Are you following what I'm saying? So why have you been running with fragments of information? You are dealing with a God who all you know about him is fragments. That's why some things are fragmented in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you can't go far with fragments. Look at this. At a time, building one truth upon another. Next verse. We're going somewhere. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the son. So Jesus is the language of God. Are you following what I'm saying now? The appointed heir of everything, for through him, God created the panorama, whatever that is, of all things and all times. Give me verse 3. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. Are you seeing this thing? 
The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact expression, the exactitude, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. Are you seeing now? He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic ones. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So we see that now then that God is seen in Jesus and Jesus is one with God. As a matter of fact, Jesus is God. Do you follow with me now so far? And we, we stopped somewhere last Sunday, which is John chapter 8, verse 42 and 44. Are you getting blessed? So I'll show you this and then I'll go into something else. Look at this. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from him, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Next verse. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to what? My word. Next verse. You are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from word. The beninging. He was so he has been the one killing. Are you see, Jesus did not just come to die for sins, he came to explain God. Are you following what I'm saying now? So there's a misconstrued idea or ideology of God in the old testament, but he came as the exact image to correct that impression. Do you follow what I'm saying? So before he showed up on the scene, people had this, this skewed idea of God. He came to explain it, to make it better, to make it simple. So Jesus is God, God simplified. I like that. Jesus is God simplified. Jesus is God for dummies. If God is mysterious, Jesus is explanation. Yeah. It's God for dummies. You know how they say, break it down to the simplest form. Jesus is the simplest form of God. That's why he wrapped up himself as a baby in a womb. He came in the flesh as a baby. He reduced himself to that degree where we can understand him. Do you follow that? And you still don't understand because you're of your father. Not you. <laughs> Not you. But these guys didn't understand him. Because look, they, they were reading the Bible. No, they were reading the Bible thinking that they would see Jesus there. But he was standing before them. And he said to them, you search the scriptures thinking that you will find eternal life there. But they are they that testify of me. Do you see now? So the Bible was speaking about the word. And the word showed up. They didn't see the word. Because the word is not the letters. The word is a person. You hear what I'm saying now? Follow. So look at this. It says you are of your father the devil, and he was a murderer from where? The beginning, the beginning, and does not stand in the truth. This is very powerful. So what it means is from the beginning is from Genesis. So who has been killing from the beginning? Talk back to me. Who has been killing from the beginning? So Jesus says, you thought it was God who killed the sons of the Egyptian. No, it was the devil. You thought it was God. Who was responsible for the death in Malachi? All of he says he was a devil. So whatever death you saw in the Old Testament, don't attribute to God. It is the devil. Why? He was the murderer from the beginning. This is the culprit. 
Did you see what I'm saying? Now he goes on to John 10, 10 to tell you that the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So he separates that line and tells you who the killer is and who the life giver is. So Jesus gives life, the devil takes life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you see things like call to glory, God didn't call anybody. Because God doesn't do collaborate with the devil. Are you following me? Yeah. Why am I saying this? If you don't understand who God is, you will encourage bad things in your life. You will accommodate them. You will agree with them instead of binding them and casting them out. Because you think God sent them. And then you start finding nice words. When God is trying to take me through a process. Mm -mm, that process is not the process of God. Leave it. Don't stay in the wilderness that God didn't put you in. Sometimes it's ignorance that is worrying you. Are you following me carefully? Are you getting blessed so far? All right, so today I want to go into something that would, you know, give us more clarity. I want to talk about Ananias and Sapphira today. You will love it. So some of you think that God killed Ananias and Sapphira? I mean, do I have a living witness? Uh, you used to think, oh, now you know better. Clap for yourselves. That's good. So because people think that, oh, they lied to God and then God struck them dead. God wasn't responsible for their death. And we see in scripture. So give me, give me Acts chapter 5. Let's start reading from there. Today on the culprit. <laughs> Alright, so we want to investigate. Let's find who the culprit is. Are you getting blessed? So look at this. Now, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Now, follow carefully from verse 4, from chapter 4, there had been a conversation about the guy called Barnabas, who is a son of consolation. So these guys, they were selling things, and when they were giving it to the church for the prosperity of the gospel and all of that, this guy is not saved. Ananias is not saved. The Bible calls him a certain man. You don't address believers in scripture as a certain man. If you follow through scriptures, what you find is the beloved to the saints. Are you following me now? To the saints, to the beloved, to those in Christ. You know? So this guy is not saved. And I'll show you as we progress. He's not saved. He's a certain man. He had joined the church, but he was not joined with Christ. See, you can be in church, but you're not in Christ. So this guy is in church, but he's not in Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? So he was added to church. But you see, addition is not salvation. Uh, we, are we together now? Addition is not salvation. Being added to the church is not what gets you saved. It is believing in the gospel that gets you saved. So he was joined with the church, but he didn't believe. Is it too hot? You want to turn it on? Okay. But he didn't believe. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Now he wants to do what every other person is doing. What are they doing? They are selling their properties and they are giving things to church because that's the norm at the time. So look at this. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Next verse. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Next verse. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now notice the question there. Why has Satan filled your heart? If he was saved, Satan can feel his heart. Because the believer can be possessed. The believer might be oppressed but not possessed. 
because you're already possessed with a bigger spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Ghost cannot be squatting with the demon in the same. No, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. The only demon that can stay there is the one the Holy Ghost allowed. He is the real occupant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. So it says, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Next verse. Let's run. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You know how simple as it sounded like? It is not how Peter was saying it. This guy is a bad guy. He's a, he's a cultist. <laughs> You remember his Peter that cut off somebody's ear now? Huh? Yes. He wasn't kind. He wasn't nice yet. So he Ananias, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? No, that's not how he was said. John would have said that. How much? But not, not, not Peter. You, see, you know they rate God. <laughs> you see, you they lie, give God. But by the time he just he would stretch it like this, the guy could only fear. But see what he said. Next verse. Next verse. Are you getting blessed, guys? It says, Then Ananias, hearing these words, did what? Fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Now look at this. So Peter just says, You lied to God. And the guy fell down and died. He doesn't say, And God killed him. So we implicate God in this sin, but it wasn't God. It was Peter who spoke words. And what you must understand is the book of Acts is a transitional book. In other words, we're just moving from the gospel of the law. Well, it's not the gospel. <laughs> we're moving from the law now to the gospel of grace. Do you see that now? Yes. Yeah, so between that point and this point, Peter had not really, really, really embraced the gospel as it were. So he was still dealing with the law of condemnation, which states that if you sin, you die. Are you seeing that now? So he came at Ananias from that perspective. Do you follow what I'm saying? So he wasn't offering grace to the man. He offered condemnation to the man. So in what he said, there was condemnation. That was why death came. Do you see that now? And every time there's condemnation, you open the door for the enemy to afflict. So when he said that, death was waiting for him to just make the pronouncement and he will land on the guy. Do you follow now? So it wasn't God who killed. It was Peter and the devil who connived. Now, Peter didn't even know the devil was working with him. He was only making a pronouncement. Do you see? Sometimes you're saying the wrong things about yourself and it's happening because you don't know the devil is waiting for you to speak. See, the way this in the Ganeshos are going to make them, you may not make it for thou art snared by the words of your mouth. Do you see what I'm saying? So Peter said something. He had power inside of him. You see, you can misuse the power of God. Just because it's the power of God does not mean if you send it somewhere in the wrong way, it will not go. The power of God is neutral. The act is dependent on the nature of the man who wields it. A knife in the hand of, of an arm robber will destroy. A knife in the hand of a butcher will give you meat. Are you following now? So the knife is not bad. It's who is wielding the knife. The, the, the gun in the hand of a policeman will give you safety. Not Nigerian police. <laughs> now preacher, they preach you. 
It's a Canadian police. <laughs> Don't worry. Black life matters. So, <laughs> so the, the, the gun in the hand of a thief can take life. So it's not about the gun. The gun is neutral. It is the person who wields it that commands the power. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, good. So Peter was wielding the power of the Holy Ghost, but he was using it in the wrong direction. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so next verse. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Next verse. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came. She came late. Glory to God. I said she came late. Sisters, she he didn't say he, she, she came late. Sisters, are we here? She came late. Now, make up, she. Foundation. <laughs> If the foundation be destroyed. <laughs> no, not next verse. No, she came late. She came late. She came late. You know, it, you're like, oh, three hours later, just come. And she didn't know she was walking into her death. Yeah. Sometimes showing up early can save you. I have preached. Now, now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Because if she was there, she'd be like, ah, I know follow. She would have... The thing is, the moment the man died, the guy, she would say the truth. But she wasn't there. She's the head of the house. Next verse. Now look at this. And Peter said unto her, look at this. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Well done. Next verse. Look at this. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. And they will carry you out. Who killed her? So Peter made a prophetic declaration. Because prophetic declaration does not mean it's positive. A prophetic declaration is a, is a word spoken. Are you following what I'm saying? You know Peter is the guy who likes pulling out the sword. This time he pulled out the sword, but it was from his mouth. Because the words are the sword. The sword of the spirit is the word. <laughs> so he pulled out the sword from his mouth and then slew them. He didn't touch, but he killed. Are you following so far? Since you look at the feet of those who bury your husband. Give me a message. You will like it in message. This particular verse. Give me a message. I need to do some things before I leave. Look at this. Peter responded, what's going on here? <laughs> Waiting be this. What's going on here? You are you connive to conspire against the spirit of a master. The men who buried your husband are at the door and you are next. So Peter straight up gave it to her. But you see, if she or they were believers, this thing wouldn't have happened. Do you see? They didn't have the spirit, so they couldn't reject it. So if someone is speaking death on your life, you should be able to speak back. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't just be, don't just be quiet. Stand your place. Stand your ground. Are you following me, guys? Mm -hmm. I need to be sure that you're here. So they carried her away. It was all the shaking. So they carried her away. Now, listen to me. 
to show you further that this wasn't go back to NKJV don't be distracted guys go back to NKJV NKJV let's do it now look at this let's go to go to verse 11 see what happened afterwards so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who had these things God doesn't act with fear anytime God does something he brings peace are you following what I'm saying so this shows you he wasn't God because once that woman died and the man died the whole church became afraid guess what next verse look at this and through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people and they were in all and they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch look at verse 13 look at verse 13 yet none of the rest dared join them but the people esteemed them highly so even though they were doing miracles like ah when I get doing so Alpha, stay, stay, stay. <laughs> I receive, I receive. Wait on. <laughs> what? Nobody wanted to die. You lie when you die. And you know how much I've been lying. If, if Ananias and Sapphira had lied to Jesus, they wouldn't have died. Peter denied Jesus three times. You know, kill him. Three times, three times. You reach in tongue, keep person. Three times. Are you following? Because you can't lie to forgiveness and get death. Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. But Peter didn't know how to give grace. So he gave law. He gave condemnation. He gave death. Are you following what I'm saying? So are we clear? This is not God. God had no hand in this. Leave God out of this. God is not the culprit. Are you learning? Are you learning? So let's do Job. Let's do Job. Let's do Job. How many of you know Job, right? Come on, talk back to me. Do you know Job? So look at this. Let, let me say this. For those of you who will be like, um, this is my Job experience. Have you heard people like that? You're going through a hard time and your only consolation is this is my job experience god is taking me through a phase blah 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 listen to me you have been in that situation for five years are you following me it's been six years it's still your job experience you know why i'm saying this because when you do the studies accurately it is said that the whole sufferings of job lasted one year I think nine months actually. It didn't exceed nine months. So your job experience has passed five years. Check it. Are you following now? So let's read this now. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job and that man was blameless, upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Bear in mind, it was Job writing now. Job, Job is the one writing here. So Job is writing from his own view. Are you for, you know when they say, describe yourself, tell your story. You know you who write beauty with brains? It's when exam come, we know. <laughs> are, you, are you following what I'm saying? 
So, so look at this. So now Job is writing about himself and his ordeal. Follow. Next verse. Next verse. Are we, are we together, guys? Now, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. In other words, he had ten kids. Good. Next verse. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, five, what, 100 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. Naibu man. Next verse. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each of his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. That's the Adin Dorimi. Interimo, Azu, glory to God. <laughs> so it was when the days of feasting had run their course, scripture, listen, that Job would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them also. He had 10 children and what you find is that every time that they went out to flex, he would offer sacrifices for them to sanctify them. Are you following Ten children, so ten burnt offerings, ten altars. It's in scripture now. So for Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their hearts. So they have not done it, but in his head. Uh, they feed on wrong one or two. Shisha. So thus Job did regularly. Next verse. Now look at this. Now there was a date. Now this is where I want to pay attention to. Are you following this conversation, guys? We're looking for the culprits. Don't be playing. Look at this. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. How? The sons of God came to present themselves to God. And Satan came... Now, first thing you want to note from this scripture, there were no sons of God before resurrection. Are you following me? Nobody could be called the son of God until Jesus rose up from the grave. The only son of God was Jesus himself. So there were no sons. So this automatically tells you this never happened. It was in Job's imagination after he had his ordeal that he was thinking to himself, people like say God and devil just get on meeting. Conroe Me Street. Are you following what I'm saying? This never happened. Listen, listen. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. How can Satan come with the sons of God before God? Now the only way this could have happened, some people say they are angels, the only way it could have happened, it would be that Job lived before Satan was cast down. Are you thinking with me now? So Satan was cast down. He's now down. How will he come down from down and went to with God? Number one. Now, number two, are you listening? Number two, if this meeting ever held, it should be going on right now. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. If this meeting was real, it won't be the last time. It will always be a meeting. A town hall, different. Bala blue. So, but you see, the devil has no meeting with God. Look at the next verse, 7. 
And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? How do you form? Satan and God, they talk. Where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, sir, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Next verse. Now, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no like him. Now, God is saying you, there's no like you in the world. Are you not powerful? You must be a God. He tells you again, this is not real. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at this. Oh. A blameless man, upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Verse 9. Are we together, guys? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Joe fear God for nothing? English. And I told you, brighter grammar is good for this thing. Did you do go see you go? So if I'm talking with Mr. Gabriel, and he is God, and then I now say to him, Does Job, I should say, Does Job fear you for nothing? Because you are not outside the conversation, you are in the conversation. So it should have been, does Job fear you for nothing? Not does Job fear God. So who was he referring to? So he was having a conversation with somebody that does not exist. Are you following? People like, come on, come on. That's not the service for today. Listen, just follow what I'm saying. You will learn. I'm not laying hands today. Just listen. Does Job fear you for nothing? Should have been the right expression. Do you follow what I'm saying? Because he answered the Lord and said, So who is the Lord there? Next verse. Have you not made a hedge around him? So now he's now using the you. The guy he confused. Around his household and around all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Next verse. Follow me carefully. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely cause you to your face. Again, look at this. Job is talking to God. Are you with me? And he says, you, stretch out your hand and touch him and he will cause you. But even in this wrong whatever, the nature of God is still constant. He says, you, stretch out your hand and touch him. But God can't touch the son. So he says, you, touch him. Are you following the narrative? Because God can't touch you. You stretch out your hand and touch him and he will cause you to your face. Next verse. What do you see there? And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that is in your power only do not lay hand on his person. So Satan went out from his presence of the Lord. Now look at this. In, the wife of a man and the wife and the man who is different. Is there a difference? If you touch a man, if you touch a man's wife, you touch the man, right? If you touch his kids, you touch the man, right? So this couldn't have been God. Because saying don't touch him but touch his things means you are touching him. Do you follow now? So this couldn't be God. It's like your dad calling Agberu. So you don't see my son. The guy they respect me, die, beat and small. 
Man, see whether you really that respect, whether he's strong. What's the end of what? What is he trying to achieve? Say, oh, beat him. Don't call like five boys. by name beat him. Is that really your father? Verse 13, are you following me? Oh, I'm showing you scriptures. No one come and ask me, sir, why did Job suffer? Why did, why did Job have chicken pus? <laughs> the Bible did not say he had chicken pus. Just your book of Bible story. Just see, guy. <laughs> now, now there was a down. No, no, we're not here now. Okay, now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. This is the game part. It's about to happen. Verse 14, look at this. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plying and the donkeys feeding by, beside them. Next verse. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to what? Tell you. Are you getting blessed, guys? Next verse. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to what? Tell you. Verse 17, follow carefully. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The childings formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Next verse. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. This verse. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they were dead. And I alone, where indeed when the thing fall? I've escaped to tell you. Next verse. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head. And he fell down and worshipped. Next verse. Now look at this. He said, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken. You know, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh. The Lord does not give to take. The Lord gives to give. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord does not give and take. This is Job's description. This is not God's nature. Do you follow what I'm saying? The Lord does not give and take. The Lord gives to give. Are you following what I'm saying now? Are you following what I'm saying? So how did we arrive at this issue? Give me Job chapter 3 verse 25 to 26. and see what happened really. Look at this. Now this is Job speaking in chapter 3. Now he says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So what you find here is this. It was Job living in fear that opened the door for the enemy to afflict him. Do you see now? What I feared has happened to me. So he was nursing fear. So even when he was offering sacrifices, he was out of fear. Do you see that? Because the Bible says also that fear brings torment. Do you follow what I'm saying? So every time you're living your life in fear, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. Uh, that thing will happen. Because the expectation of the righteous will not be cut short, negative or positive. Do you have an expectation? That's the question. If you have one, it will show up in your life. 
so he had expected evil to come upon him so he was trying to avert evil by offering sacrifices but there's only one sacrifice that can avert evil the sacrifice of jesus on the cross do you follow what i'm saying now so that sacrifice he was doing couldn't save his family 10 sacrifices for 10 children and they all died it was out of fear what he feared had happened to him. So it wasn't, it wasn't God afflicting Job. It was Job's fear opening the door for the enemy to afflict him. So Job was living with sin consciousness. Are, are you here with me now? So it was sin consciousness that made him offer sacrifice always. But you know in Hebrews it says that the sacrifices could not take away sins. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why you notice sometimes when you do something wrong, you start feeling guilty. All of a sudden, your body starts spinning you. Do I, this guy, boy, it's true. You did something wrong, you start feeling guilty, you're feeling condemned. Before you know it, you start, you start feeling stressed. Like they beat you up, your neck starts spinning you. All of a sudden, you can't go anywhere, you feel weak. You have opened the door. The enemy is already coming in. The next thing you will now say is, it's because of what I did, God is punishing me. It wasn't God. You opened the door. Are you following? Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. So every time you open that scripture, it is now. If you open it next week, it is now. Why? Because condemnation is served now in the present. Condemnation will uh, no condemnation will never be still. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It will never be still. So every time it is fresh, it is new every morning. Glory to God. So it was Job's fear that created the experience that he had. Look at what Job said in Job chapter 42, verse 5 to 6, NKJV. Now, Job had gone through everything he went through. Look at the last words of Job. You know, we told you that you need to know God from your own, from, you know, personal experience. Know him for himself, not from what you think. Look at this. I have heard of, of you by hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Next verse. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Are you following this? Look at it in the message translation. See, I admit I once lived by rumors of you. So all these things Job was writing since from rumors. He didn't know God. Gist lover. Now Gist, ah, see he's God. The guy, they threaten people. So he wrote. He wrote from Gist. I admit I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand. From my own eyes and ears. I am sorry. Forgive me. I will never do it again. I promise. Mommy, I know do it again. You don't catch me. <laughs> do you see now? Scripture. Scripture. So when someone comes and says, ah, he's Job. Mm -mm -mm -mm. He's not God. He was living from rumors. He was living from rumors. He didn't know God for himself. It was what he heard that he used to judge who God. We don't judge God from what we hear. We judge God from his word, from his nature. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are we, are we together, guys? Glory to God. Glory to God. Ah, can I do this one? Let's do Elijah. What? <laughs> you know Elijah now. Second Kings chapter one, verse one to fifteen. 
Are you getting blessed? Is your mind clearing up? So, so listen to me. Bad things can happen around you. doesn't mean God sent it. And I told you last Sunday, just because you learned something from a bad experience doesn't mean it was God orchestrated. It wasn't God who sent it. You can learn something from a bad thing. It's not God that made it come. The enemy can make it for evil, but God will turn it for good. Do you see that? That's the mindset you should have towards every negative situation. So if I get stuck in a place, best believe there's a way there because the way it lives in me. Do you follow what I'm saying? So the believer who has the way is not stuck in the tunnel. You are, you are, you are not, you are not singing, um, what's that song? looking for light at the end of the tunnel. Eh? I was in a tunnel. No, you're in Christ. I couldn't see the light. No, no, no. You are the light of the world. And whenever I'm standing, I couldn't. Inside the tunnel, you're standing. No, no. <laughs> no, you're not in the tunnel. You're in Christ. And you're the light of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now look at this. 2 Kings 1 verse 1. Let's, let's read from down here. We're closing a bit. Are you following me, guys? Are you learning something? I, I just want to teach. Listen. So after Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Follow. Next, next verse. Now Ahaziah had fallen through the lattice of his upper room. In other words, fall from Bakuli. What is English? Bakuli, lattice. Yeah. Fall from veranda. <laughs> Upstairs. Eh? Second floor. No, third floor. Now, he has fallen from the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and injured himself. He break it. So he sent messengers saying to them, go and consult Beelzebub, the god of Akron, to see if I will recover from this injury. So the guy fell down, died, and then sent somebody to go and check another god. To say, ah, you know how that we are all believers here now. Something bad now happens to you. You now say, please, um, love it. Help me and go and meet Amadioa. And ask him if I will recover from this thing. So the guy ignored the God of Israel and went to seek a demon God. That's what he did. It's not love it. Leave love it alone. It's an example. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at it. So he sent messengers saying to them, go and consult Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, to see if I will recover from the injury. Next verse. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, go up and meet messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, share now because a God no day for Israel. <laughs> that you are going off to consult Beelzebub, the king, the God of Ekron. Next verse. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So Elijah went, next verse. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, why have you come back? Next verse. Guy the vex. A man came to meet us. They replied. He said to us, go back to the king who sent you and tell him, this is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending messengers to consult Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, you will not leave the bed you're lying on. You will certainly die. They give him the message. Verbatim. Look at this. The king asked them, 
What kind of man was it? <laughs> Who came to meet you and told you this? Next verse. They replied, he had a garment of hair <laughs> and had a leather belt around his waist. The king said, that was Elijah the Tishbat. They know the guy. <laughs> Next verse. Then he sent Elijah a captain with his company of 50. So Elijah did mountain now. After I don't give the guy a prophecy. So the, the king now sent one captain with, the, with 50 men to go and meet him and bring him. Follow carefully. The captain went up to Elijah who was sitting on the top of a hill and said to him, Man of God! The king says, Come down. You know why? Next verse. Elijah answered the captain, If I be a man of God. <laughs> That's where they got that thing from. You. There's <laughs> something on my note that I wrote that I want to share with you. I be a man of God. You will not come out from that journey. It's from here in the garden. If I be a man of God. May fire come down from heaven now. And consume you. And your 50 men. Immediately. The fire fell from heaven. And consumed the captain. And his men. Just the, because the fire came from heaven does not mean it came from God. There are three heavens. There's the firmament, second heaven, the third heaven, where God is. This atmosphere is heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? Doesn't mean if a rat ran out of your house, doesn't mean it came from you. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh, that was very precise. You have a rat in the house. Glory to God. If a rat came out of your house, doesn't mean the rat came from you. It doesn't also mean you sent the rat. So, you know, face me, I'll face you. You, you. you didn't grow up. I grew up in Ajigule. Glory to God. So, rats feet come from your neighbor's house and your own. You will not now open your door and say, why are you saying rats enter my house? Are you getting what I'm saying? You will be mad in the actual sense of the word. But here's what's happening. Follow, follow the story. It's not me that is saying it. Follow. Now look at this. Hold this for me here. Just hold it. Then fire fell from heaven, consumed the captain and his men. Next verse. At this, the king sent to at this, the king sent to Elijah another captain with his 50 men. So the first 50 and one, that's 51. Don't burn to ashes. The king can send another 50 and one. So how many now? You know, no mass, 102. Beauty and brains. Yeah, see. You see. Beauty and brains. 102 is 101. I'm sorry, sir. Now, now look, look, look carefully. 
Man of God. This is what the king says. Come down at once. Come, 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 come. Next verse. Are you following? The same rep- If I be a man of God, Elijah replied, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then the fire of God from heaven consume him and his 50 men. Next verse. Are you following now? So the king sent a third captain. Are you following carefully? 100 and what now? 50 what? Three. You know it's... <laughs> so you want to be sure it's... <laughs> so this third captain went up. <laughs> the guy gets sense. Because, see, the first one will come, you know, get sense. I'm a woman. You come. See, you come, oh. Uh, they see, see, see. You come. You see, listen now. You see 50 people don't die. Because they live for grand day. You come, come, see the guy. You see, they shout for the man of God. <laughs> you know, get respect. This one now came. As he just came. My Lord spiritual. <laughs> My Lord. <laughs> you see, say, God, I take God beg you. <laughs> you say, man of God. I beg, please have respect for my life. Have, give me KJV. Just give me this part in KJV. Second case 113. Are you learning something? Give me KJV. You remember this guy that called out beer from a tree and ate 150 children? Have you had many children? See, see, see. See, I pray thee. The guy begin to pray to the guy. Now God, because anybody who born 100, now God he be. He pray to him. See, let my life and the life of these 50 be precious. So, so, so Elijah, in Elijah's eyes, life was useless. So, any man who can kill has no value for life. That's why any man who can kill has no value for life. That's why God doesn't kill. Are you seeing what I see? That's why God doesn't kill. If God kills, then he'll be the same with Elijah. The Son of Man does not come to destroy. came to give life. Are you seeing that now? So it couldn't have been God here. It couldn't have been God. See, it's, I pray thee. Wait, what I I pray thee. Oh man of God. Where? Oh man of I pray thee. Let my life and the life of these 50. I, I, the, the guy. I, be pre, next verse. Next verse. Look at this. Behold. There came fire down. Where we they now? Oh, oh, you guys see the talk. They explain what happened to the other two mumu. You see, behold, there came fire down from heaven and burnt down and burnt up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. 
<laughs> next verse. Next verse. Look at this. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah. So the first time he sent fire down, there was an angel by his side. Say, give them. The, the angel, uh, the angel did. They say, give them. Certainly not Gabriel. Certainly not Michael too. Are, are you listening to me? He says, go. He said, now, now look at this. Look at this. The angel of the Lord now said to Elijah, go down with him. Be not afraid of him. So the guy was acting in fear. Hey, are you here now? So even when Elijah was calling fire down, he was from fear position. The man who lives in fear does evil. But God lives in love. God is love. <laughs> so he was, he was dishing out who he was. Uh, he was giving who he was. He was living in fear. The same fear that Job was living in. He was in fear. He said, ah, no the fear. Go meet him. Leave this who the angel was. Leave it for another day. We'll come there next Sunday. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. But something interesting happened also in Luke chapter 9, 51 to 56, NIV. Luke chapter, chapter, chapter what? Nine? Yeah, nine. Look at this. Look at this. Follow me carefully. Follow, follow carefully. As the time approached for him to be taken up, this is Jesus now. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Next verse. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Next verse. Are you following, guys? But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Are you following? Next verse. His guys vex. So Jesus sent his guys to go and prepare a place for him that he would stay before he gets to Jerusalem. But he wasn't going to stay there for long. So but those guys didn't welcome him. He's, the guys he sent became annoying. Those guys were followers of Elijah. Look at this. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Next verse. Give me in KJV. Give me in KJV. Let me show you something there. Are you getting blessed? Give me from yeah. Go back. Go go to go to go to fifty-four. Quickly, fifty-four. Look at this. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, "Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did?" So they wanted to reproduce the acts of Elijah, but they had the spirit of Jesus. Are you seeing now? Look at what he says in, in verse 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. Do you follow now? So this is where Jesus puts out the disclaimer and said, That thing that that guy did there. I know did there. Don't miss it now. And if Jesus is God, best believe God didn't do that. Yeah. With these few points of mine. God is not the culprit. <laughs> God is not the culprit. Are you following what I'm saying? God is not the culprit. We came to defend God. My Lord, may I? 
Objection overruled. <laughs> Are you hearing? Court, arise. <laughs> Can you have one more? For the road. No, no, no. Put, put back the scripture. So, so, I told you, you can't see God clearly without Jesus. Do you follow what I'm saying? You can't see God clearly without Jesus. This is very important. So what he did here was to correct that impression. So all the while, even though they were full, yeah, yeah, yeah. The disciples followed Jesus for three and a half years doing ministry, right? They were following Jesus, but their minds were still corrupt. So even though they were with Jesus, they were still thinking killing. So it's not about how long you have been in church. It's about how exposed you are to the word. You can be in church, but your mind is not renewed. So you are acting contrary to the spirit that you have received. That's why you are here. You are vengeful. You want to do back. Yeah. You want to do back. That, you see, it's the spirit of Elijah. It has not left you. Leave Elijah alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a vengeful spirit. You are after your father's brothers. You are after your aunties that did not pay your school fees. You are... Eh, 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 eh. That's a vengeful spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you know who Jesus is, you will act like Jesus. So they were with Jesus, but their minds were still corrupted. So being in church is not what solves it. It is exposing your mind to the word. Let me say this to you. I'll do one more and then we'll leave. The call of God on our lives is not validated by the people we kill. The call of God on our lives is not validated by the people we kill, but by the spirit within. So Elijah was saying, if I be a man of God, he was trying to endorse his ministry by killing people. The proof that he was a man of God was not by killing people. If I be a man of God, let fire come down. No, you don't have to bring fire down to know that you're a man of God. You don't have to do that. That's not the proof that you're a man of God. You just prove that you're siding with the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are not authentic ministers because we pronounce death, but because we dispense life. We are not authentic ministers because we pronounce death, but because we dispense life. I'll go from the top again. The call of God on our lives is not validated by the people we kill, but by the spirit within. One more time. The call of God on our lives is not validated by the people we kill, but by the spirit within. We are not authentic ministers because we pronounce death, but because we dispense life. Should I do it one more time? The call of God on our lives is validated, is not validated by the people we kill, but by the spirit within. We are not authentic ministers because we pronounce death, but because we dispense life. We'll do one more and then we'll close. Let's do Hannah. Glory to God. First Samuel chapter 2 Verse 1 to 10. First Samuel chapter 1, verse, chapter what? Verse 2, 1 to 10. Are we together? Now look at this, look at this, guys. So Hannah goes, Hannah's looking for a child, right? Are we together? She's looking for a child. She's the mother of Samuel. Good. And then she goes to the temple 
to pray. Now, this is her prayer point. But the interesting thing about this prayer point, it, it had nothing to do with the child. Hannah is, I would have expected Anna to say, God, give me Peking. Only one. Just give me one. But look at what Anna said. And Anna prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Next verse. No one is holy like the Lord. Now, you know all those prayers that you want to pray. Now start with everlasting Father, King of glory, immortal Redeemer, I am that I am that I am that I am, the soon coming King, the forever being God, the one who was and is and is to come, the unchangeable changer, the beginning and the end. You know that? Yeah. So, this looks more like what she was doing. Probably before she will now go to the main. You know, so, so, but what you find also is prayer at this point wasn't just a prayer, it was a prophetic declaration. Are you following? Now look at this. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. You know that song? There is none holy as the Lord. There is none besides thee. Beside thee. Is there anyone as the God? There is none holy as the Lord. There is none holy as the Lord. Come on. There is none besides thee. Oh, beside thee. And there is none you can never never change calm down <laughs> calm down calm down calm down if you did not do morning devotion you missed you missed yeah, i don't know the i don't know the family you came from i don't know but. i love the man of galilee Oh, he has done so very much for very me. Much for me. He has forgiven me of my sin and said, I will be good to me. I love the man. Look at that smile now. Of Galilee. Hey. Heavenly Father, your name is wonderful. Your name is excellent. Your name is wonderful. Worship you. Worship you, Lord, for you are mighty. You're not waiting. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Yes, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Come on, shout glory. This <laughs> so is no one is holy like the Lord. Follow carefully. For there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Next verse. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him, actions are weighed. By him, actions are weighed. By his nature. Yeah. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> Next verse. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And those who stumbled on are guarded with strength. Next verse. Those who were full have hired themselves out of bread. And the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has born seven. And she who has many children has become feeble. Next verse. 
the Lord kills and makes alive. Now your problem can enter. After all this thing, she was doing so well. The Lord kills and makes alive. And so when we go for burial ceremonies, the Lord kills and makes alive. You know, it not, it not, it not make alive. The Lord kills and takes it. He makes her life. <laughs> but, but, but what was she seeing here? What was she seeing here? The Lord kills and makes her life. He died. <laughs> he died for me. He died as me. When he was buried, the Lord, he pleased the Lord to bruise him. Are you hearing me now? So, so she was prophetically speaking about the Christ. So God will kill his son and make him alive. Yeah. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up resurrection. Are you here with me now? Next verse, next verse, next verse. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He became poor that we might be rich. <laughs> he brings low and lifts up and has raised us up and we are seated. Come on now. You should be shouting at this point. We are seated. Tistics, you want to get on your drums. We are seated. I don't care where you're sitting right now, but I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. You want to shout, I'm seated. I said, I'm seated. The Lord makes poor, makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Next verse, next verse, next verse. He raises the poor from the dust. Hey, hey. You're coming out of Lodabar. <laughs> Who am I talking to? The days of struggling are over. Yes. I said the days of struggling are over. He brings from the dust the poor and he lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. Come on now. I'm no longer on the ground. I'm no longer defeated. I'm seated with Christ. I'm seated with Christ. Lift up your hands, all you gates. I'm being lifted up here, the lasting doors. That the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the Messiah. He is. Who am I talking to? He is the King of Glory. He is the King of Glory. And make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord. And he has set the world upon them. Give me verse 9. Share them up. He will get the fruit of his saints. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For my strength. Hey, hey. Not by your works. Not by your works. By strength shall no man prevail. Give me verse 10. The advancing of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven, he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king. Are you listening to me? Which king is he talking about here? Capital H. Capital H. He will give strength to his king, Jesus. Jesus. What strength? 
strength that he will come out of the grave for you will not allow your holy one see corruption strength to jack him out of that place he will not be there in the grave first day buried second day buried and they rejoicing but they're ready they thought they buried you but they planted you you're coming out of darkness into life they thought they buried you but they planted you it's time to grow you're growing, God will manifest the men who will see it. And they will shout, the Lord is on the side. They will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So Hannah was speaking about Jesus. Glory to, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So the Lord kills and makes alive. He killed Jesus and brought him back to life. When you died, you died with him. <laughs> when he was buried, you were buried with him. And now you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. One more time, shout glory! glory. Put your hands together to celebrate Jesus in this room. Feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So every time that you read in scripture, you could be looking for Jesus. You see, the Old Testament becomes New Testament when you have the lens of grace. The Old Testament becomes New Testament when you have the lens of grace. So this wasn't about killing someone and then, no, no, no. He killed Jesus and then he brought him back again. prophesy to you where there was death there's now life yeah where there was death there's now life this week dead things are jumping back to life I said this week dead things are jumping back to life who am I talking to I said this week dead things are jumping back to life your story is about to change things are about to turn in your favor you will say yes indeed This week, this week, you thought you missed the appointment. Get ready, they're about to call you on the phone. This week, this week, this week, for I'm calm that he may have life and have him more abundantly. Wherever death reigns, life is about to reign. Who am I talking to? Your mom is sick, life is there right now. That's a word for somebody. Your mom is sick. Life has come. You will testify. I decree and declare. You will testify. That sick mother is about to jump around the room. Sickness disappeared. What the devil meant for evil, God has turned around for good. Who am I talking to? All things may not be... But they are turning around, watching me alive. Your testimony has come. Get ready for supernatural turnaround. Come and give God glory in this room. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. He's with me always. 
He's with me all time. Yeah. He's my loving friend, my savior all the time. He's with me all day. He's with me all the time. He's my about I told you about prophetic songs right I told you about prophetic songs I, I feel strongly that song is for someone it's your word you think that you're alone you think that God has left you you think that you're abandoned you think that no one is coming to your rescue no one is helping you you've been crying you've been looking for help and assistance you've been calling and no one is speaking God says to tell you I'm with you always I'm with you all times I'm your loving friend your savior all the time i'm with you always i'm with you all the time i'm your loving friend your savior all the time he's with you he's with me your word I said that's your word don't feel alone don't feel like you're left no 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 don't feel that way when men give up on you God won't give up I, I don't know why I'm saying this who are you who are you you've been trusting God for something you've been crying at night but this word is your word this word is your word this word is your word so varana mas over there the days you cried are over. The day is over. The sun is sea. Feel the anointing so strong upon you. God is shifting it. He's turning it in your favor. The power of God is so strong upon you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. Yes, the days you cried are over. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you praise. Oh, my God. Try not to go there. You give God praise in the room. Give God praise. Shout glory! Glory! Hallelujah. Try not to go there. Leave it. Leave it. We're not going to close the service now. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you blessed today? Did you learn something? Yeah. Yeah. So God is for you. God is not against you. God is not sending fire down to consume you. I'll talk about the consuming fire next Sunday. God is not sending fire down. God is not 
God is on your side. Say, God is for me. He's not against me. That should be your mindset, your posture at every given point in time. God is for me. He's not against me. And that's how you see things begin to work in your favor. You know, you would think things are about to go offside. But before you know it, it's called go. You know, and the referee will blow against you. Hallelujah. Put your hands together one more time. Give God praise. Let's close.